When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, and welcome to a new podcast, The Paddock and the Pavilion with Stephen Wallace. In each show, Stephen will interview someone connected to the world of horse racing or cricket. Hello everyone. In today's podcast, I'm joined by Susan Bryce, the mother of Sarah and Catherine, two young Scottish stars who are playing in the 100 for the Oval Invincibles and the Trent Rockets, respectively. How are you today, Susan? I'm very well, thank you. Well, it's good to see you on Zoom this morning after meeting you last week at Trent Bridge for the Trent Rockets' uh, first game against the Southern Brave. You must be one of a small group of people who are supporting two teams in the hundred. Yes, I suspect that is a little bit unusual. <laughs> yeah, it's normally um, kids at school who are, you know, speak, support two football teams, you know. So you're probably hoping for the Trent Rockets to play the Oval Invincibles in the final, uh, but um, you can't have a tie in the final, so one of them will have to win the competition. Yes, and somebody asked me actually the other day what, I would do um, when they played each other. And my reply to that was, I would hope that they both played well and performed well. Uh, I would hope that it would be a good contest and um, one of them will be happier than the other, probably. <laughs> well, you could still, you can get a tie. There's no super, well, it's not a super over. There's no super set. There can be a tie, I think, in a, in a group match. So you can hold out for the tie. Well, that would be amazing, wouldn't it? No super over. Well, I guess you can't have an over, can you? So it'd be no super five or super ten. No, I I fell into that trap this morning when I was speaking to Sammy Joe Johnson, who's the the podcast before you and I kept calling the the over and I gave myself a telling off. But she said it as well. So, uh, But um, as the mother of two Scottish international cricketers, um, you were born in England, is that right? I was born in England. My mother is from Glasgow, but I was born in England in Kendal in the Lake District. And that's where I grew up and went to school until I moved to Edinburgh for university. So I've stayed there ever since. So I've been in Scotland, lived in Scotland for far longer than I've lived in England, I guess. So we can't claim you as English anymore then? No. 
No, well, I still have a, an English background, and I, you know, I guess that's where I sort of first came across cricket, and that my mother in particular was an avid cricket watcher on the TV, so she would watch every ball of every test match. It was on in the background, and we used to go down to Old Trafford uh, on a Sunday afternoon for the old John Player League and watch Clive Lloyd and that vintage playing cricket. So that's maybe my first introduction to cricket. Oh, so it, cricket is, there, there is some cricket links in the background then um, for Sarah and, and Catherine. Yes, yeah, not playing, no. certainly from my, um, my aspect, but um, certainly an interest, uh, an interest in cricket. So at what age did you, did you find the two of them had an interest in cricket? Probably, I guess, about primary five. So it's age about nine-ish for Catherine. But they both, James and I are both very sort of sporty and we like doing different things. James is a good golfer. I used to play hockey. Um, so we very early on, I think, in the back garden would play ball games of any description, whether that was tennis, rugby, football, um, they went to sort of multi-sports thing camps as, as kids, uh, enjoyable and sports, XL sports camps, those sorts of events, and played probably tennis, first of all, tennis lessons. And then the girls will have heard me tell this story many times, but they were lucky enough to go to George Watson's College in Edinburgh, which is one of the few schools, that, um, certainly locally, that had a girls' cricket team. And Catherine used to come home with a school bag and the piece of paper in the bag with all that important information for parents was usually retrieved on a Friday evening covered in all sorts of different stuff and scrumpled up from the bottom of the bag. But one Monday evening, she came home holding the piece of paper, which invited pupils in primary five to join the girls cricket club. And I was not allowed to do anything, serve dinner, do anything until I had contacted Liz Smith to say that Catherine would be interested. And really, it, it went from there. Well, so it all started with Liz Smith. And uh, Catherine, Catherine uh, was the first girl at um, George Watson's College to play for the boys' first eleven, wasn't she? That, that's right, yes. And then Sarah also did that a couple of years, a couple of years later. So both of them were lucky enough to, to have that opportunity. Now, one thing I know that um, parents do, uh, when I've spoken to uh, um, a local person here called Ed Gowler, and he'd done a lot of travelling around for his son, George, who's at the North Ants Academy. You must have done an awful lot of that, travelling around the country, uh, even abroad, taking Catherine and uh, Sarah to cricket matches. Yeah, so I guess initially it was very fairly local travel within Scotland. Um, and to be honest, if you live somewhere like Scotland, you tend to be used to travelling reasonable distances anyway. Um, with the Scotland women's team, we've been lucky enough to have two trips to global qualifiers, uh, to Thailand uh, in 2015 and to Sri Lanka in 2017. So those were both fantastic trips for us. And I guess it's since they've moved down to Loughborough and have um, started playing for uh, county teams and regional teams and now in the 100, it does mean quite a trek for us down to the middle and south of England to, to watch them play. But, you know, it's something that we just love doing, actually. We just love watching them. It's been great to see some of the matches now live streamed, which helps when we can't get away or, or can't see them. And that's been a real bonus. Um, it's nothing quite like watching a sport um, live, really, is it? Although it's, do find it 
it's quite, I find it quite nerve wracking watching them, particularly when they're batting. So it's quite nice to be able to pace around the boundary um, one way or the other. But uh, yeah, so lots of traveling, but very enjoyable. And we wouldn't miss it or change it, I don't think. No, I can see the enthusiasm coming through there. Just for a a bit of context, uh, Catherine made her debut for for Scotland in 2011, uh, Sarah in 2015. And when Sarah made her debut for Scotland, they were both playing together. That must have been a proud day when you saw them both playing in the same Scottish team. Yes, I mean, amazing, isn't it? And uh, to be honest, when you when you are bringing up children, you have absolutely no idea what the future holds for them. And, you know, to see them both playing cricket at that level um, is just fantastic. But I guess what's more important is seeing them enjoying it, actually. Um, and you do see in high-level sports uh, that that doesn't always seem to be the case. Um, and that's one of the, that's actually, you know, that is one of the things that really struck me about that first match of the hundred at the Oval was just seeing how many uh, players were just smiling and clearly enjoying the game from both teams. And that was really quite striking for me. And the fact that they both seem to love it, enjoy it, get so much out of it, have made so many friends from different teams, I think is as important as the, the quality of the sport that they play. And for Scotland now, Catherine is captain and Sarah is vice-captain. How do they work as a team? I'm told they work quite well together. It's it's difficult to tell because they don't really chat to me about um, tactics or anything. But Sarah has, Catherine may not mind me saying this, I think Sarah has a really analytical cricket brain. So she is very good, I think, analysing Catherine's very good, I think, at leading from the front and leading by example. And so I think the two of them actually seem to work together very well. They've always been very close and they've always been very supportive of each other. If one of them's done well, the other one will be the first one to to congratulate their their siblings. I think they've always had a really close bond together um, on the field. But I think Catherine finds having Sarah there to help her when when you're trying to be the opening bowler, batting quite high up and captaining a team, that is really tricky. To, so I think to have somebody else there to be able to help with some of the tactics and spot some different things, I think has been um, a real benefit to Catherine as well. Well, Catherine's been a leader from, from a very young age. And of course, Sarah, that, plan, that, that analytical mind probably comes from her being behind the stumps so she can see what's going on even when Catherine's not bowling. Yeah, so she's also doing a maths degree as well. So that does seem to be uh, the way that her brain works. It's very analytical, very methodical. Um, ah, so she'll, she'll be one of these people that will be really studying the data and that for these matchups, as they keep saying. Yes, well, she may well be wondering upon which basis the Duckworth-Lewis-Stern figures have been worked out for the new 100 competition. Oh, we're not suggesting we're going to have a Bryce uh, system that's going to come in and replace the Duck of Lewis. <laughs> but the, the 100, how many games have you you've seen so far? Um, so I think we've seen, so we've seen two at Lords. So both of them were lucky enough to get to play at Lords and two at Trent Bridge. So we've seen four so far and then... We're off up to Headingley tomorrow and then Edgebaston on Sunday. Um, and then the big match at the Oval 
a week we, or we'll, something. We'll, we'll come on to that in a, in a few minutes, the, the big match on the 8th of August. But how are the two girls uh, finding playing at test grounds and playing with world-class players, both for and against them? It's a very new experience for Sarah. Um, Catherine played in the Kia Super League for Loughborough Lightning. So she's had some experience of playing with world-class players, definitely. Um, Although even those matches, the crowds were very much lower than the crowds have been from from the 100. But she's had some exposure to that, which has has undoubtedly stood her in good stead, I think. Um, whereas Sarah, when we spoke to her after that opening match at the Oval, was completely buzzing. I think she couldn't um, really, the, the, the noise, she said, was amazing. Um, you know, she, she couldn't speak to the person at point. It was so loud. She could just about communicate with uh, Georgia Adams standing next to her at, um, at Slip. So for her, it's a, a completely new experience, which just has to be um brilliant and you know you learn so much I think from from those opportunities. Yeah it must have been fantastic for Sarah to play in that uh, first match of the 100 uh, for the Oval Invincibles with I think 1.6 million people watching on BBC Mm. 2 that evening. And she took the first, the first, well, she took the first catch or first wicket of the the 100 competition as well the women's 100 anyway so additional bonus. Yeah, well, um, Sarah is keeping wicket to Shadnim Ismail, who's probably the fastest uh, female bowler in the world. Yes, and um, so she was really excited about that prospect. I think I haven't really asked her how she's um, how she's found it, but I think she's really enjoyed playing with um, all of the overseas players. They've got three South African overseas players at the Oval Invincibles, and she did meet them, and they. Um, the World Cup qualifiers, uh, the global qualifiers back in uh, in Colombo. So she's had that opportunity to try and bat against uh, Shamnaim Ismail. I think she'd much prefer wicket-keeping to her than trying to bat against her. Yeah, well, she's approaching 80 miles an hour. 80 miles an hour. They were talking about that on the radio this morning. Mm. I'm sure she's standing a little bit further back than she does sometimes, certainly to her sister. Our next two podcasts feature the legendary West Indian fast bowler and now Sky Sports cricket commentator Michael Holding. In episode 73, Michael talked about his new book, Why We Kneel, How We Rise. And in episode 74, I heard about his West Indian touring days in the UK during the 1970s and 1980s. Here's a short clip from our first podcast. Because there are so many things that I never, ever was taught growing up in school. So many things about people of my color and my race did achievements that were never taught. They were hidden. They were airbrushed out of history because it didn't suit the narrative that people were pushing. Now back to A Mum's View with Susan Bryce. Well, the, the Trent Rockets are currently in sixth place. They've won one out of three. And the Oval Invincibles, as we're recording here on the Friday the 30th, they've won... Both their games are in third place and having only played two matches. And um, and in, in the game um, yesterday, uh, Catherine bowled uh, her set of, get this right, set of two five balls and she only conceded five runs and eight dots in, in that spell. Yes, and um, the first, the first uh, four runs came from a, 
an inside edge as well. So, you know, it was a terrific, uh, terrific set of 10 balls, exactly the same figures as Rashid Khan, I'm told, from the men's match later. So um, 10 balls, five runs and one wicket. Oh, that's a good recommendation. He's the sort of number one uh, ranked player in the in the hundred. Yeah, and it was great to see Trent Rockets yesterday, actually. They, their batting just hadn't quite fired in the first two matches. I thought they had bowled and fielded really well, but the batting didn't quite get going. Uh, whereas yesterday uh, it did, obviously with Rachel Priest in particular. So it was really great to, to see that see that start to come together. So hopefully that's a good sign for the Trent Rockets moving forward. Yeah, well, Sammy Joe said on... Uh a podcast that's going to go out the weekend that uh, teams' momentum can change. You get a, a get on a roll and win a few games and uh, hopefully they can get up the table. Mm. But now we must look ahead to Sunday, the 8th of August, at uh, the Oval, when the Oval Invincibles will be playing the Trent Rockets. Now, what colour shirt are you going to wear that day? Well, I think I might wear a neutral shirt. Um, James has acquired two floppy sun hats, one blue and one yellow, uh, which he's been wearing interchangeably, depending on which team we're watching. Uh, So he tells me he's going to wear one on top of the other on Sunday the 8th, and he will be his own personal win predictor. And the colour of hat that's sitting on the top will be the colour of the team that he believes to be ahead at that particular moment in the game. That sounds safe. a safe bet there. Have you got other friends from Scotland who are coming down for that game as well? Not sure about the game uh, for the Oval, um, but Catherine had a flatmate uh, come to Lords yesterday. Sarah has the two of James's cousins are coming to watch Sarah at Headingley uh, tomorrow. And also, I think about half a dozen of her old school friends are travelling down from Scotland as well. So that will be amazing. And they are not people who would normally come and watch cricket. So uh, that'll be quite, um, quite exciting. Well, it's a big boost for Scottish cricket because we've also got other Scottish players playing in the 100. And I know when I spoke to Catherine before, one of their ambitions is to get uh, Scotland into the T20 World Cup one day. One day, absolutely. I mean, Abtahar Maxud is playing uh, with Birmingham Phoenix and uh, it's been fantastic to see her bowl and, and I guess a particular role model um, as a young Muslim woman wearing a hijab um, but Abtaha and Sarah have usually been roommates on Scotland uh, tours they're really great friends um, so again there'll be the match on Sunday between uh, uh, the, uh, Catherine and uh, Abtaha and also her current housemate Kirsty Gordon as well so there's, there's quite a few matches that could be interesting. Well it's certainly a very a uh, big tournament for women's cricket because it's certainly reaching a much wider audience and uh, with women's cricketers now being on contract you can only grow the the women's game in particular i think yeah so it's really really quite striking hasn't it the number of people who've been in the crowd for the women's matches i know there's always some concern with the the double headers but the ones that we've been at so far the crowd seem to have been really good and i know there's great debate about the 100 and whether it's the right format and whether it's uh, right for cricket or not. And I guess that we will find that out, won't we, in, you know, in, the, in, in the next few weeks and months. But certainly what we've experienced is that it's um, good entertainment. There's some great skills, there's some really great cricket. And I certainly think for the women's 
teams, it, it has raised their profile and that has to be a very good thing for them. Right. Well, thank you very much, Susan, for joining me on the Paddock and the Pavilion. I look forward to tuning in on Sunday the 8th of August for this special game. And um, we might spot you in the crowd on the television. You'll probably get other requests to be on other podcasts, but uh, hopefully we're one of the first. And it would be lovely at at some stage um, uh, to uh, get uh, even all three of you on at the same time, um, perhaps uh, after the game or a week or two after that, to uh, talk about how it all went. Well, that would, that would be a pleasure. I'm sure the, the girls will keep me right and make sure that I don't say anything too controversial. Right. Well, thank you very much again for being on the Paddock and the Pavilion. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Paddock and the Pavilion. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and now on Instagram at the Pad and Pad. Don't forget, if you like the show, please do leave us a rating and review. Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.